Today, many students go to college with numerous questions about their faith, yearning to know if the seed planted in them as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared, fears faded, and Jesus revealed that he is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. It is the perfect back-to-school gift for recent high school graduates and current college students. Get your copy for them today at patchworkheart.org or by calling 424-704-3278. That's 424-704-3278. Welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Sewing Hope. I am Bill Snyder. It's great to be with you, and we thank you so much for tuning in, however you're doing so. Uh, welcome our audience uh, from CMAX TV. So if you're uh, taking a look at us on CMAX, know that you can find us anywhere that podcasts are found uh, and also on the Patrick Hart Ministry YouTube channel. So check that out uh, by simply subscribing to Patchwork Heart Ministry on YouTube. Uh, but on today's episode, I'm always joined by my trusty co-host, Anne DeSantis. Anne, how are you doing? Doing great, Bill. It's good to be here. I'm always uh, glad to come back with another episode, and especially this one, because this the whole series has been great, The 10 Ways to Grow in Faith. This is episode number nine already. Wow. Yeah, I know. Wow. Yeah. It's incredible that we're up to episode number nine. Uh, but no, I'm excited because uh, today we're going to talk about um, the Catholic community and needing to be a uh, part of a community, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and we can look at that in a couple different ways, I think, because when you think of Catholic community, for those who are listening, I think first and foremost, the number one step is, is being a part of a parish, right? And if, yeah. especially if you are Catholic, I mean, if you're another religion, obviously just jo joining the church of wherever, wherever you belong 
But if you are Catholic, I mean, you belong to a Catholic parish community. And, and um, I know for myself that that has made such a difference in getting to know the people that, are, that I'm with, but just joining every week in prayer by going to mass. And we already had a whole episode on that. Um, but this aspect is not only the part of, of going to mass and being a part of the sacramental life, but just being a part of community in general, which I think can, can have a lot of different definitions. What do you think, Bill? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, there, the, the community is not just being in a parish, as you kind of mentioned, but it's also, um, you know, getting together, I think, with like-minded uh, Catholics and Christians. And that's a really important thing that we do. And, and there's so many different movements within the church, so many different types of uh, ecclesial spirituality, right? I mean, there's, I mean, you can be a third order uh, Franciscan, you can be a third order Dominican, you can be a third order Mercedarian, um, you can be uh, a, a part of the charismatic renewal. I mean, there are so many different groups that are within the church. And, you know, I, I like to point the reason why for that is because our spiritualities are as unique as our fingerprints, right? Like, I mean, God doesn't, you know, create a bunch of robots that go out and, and do his service. You know, we're, we're not, we're not stormtroopers, right? Uh, and, and we, we need community, we need other like-minded people to come and be uh, with us as we go out and serve in the kingdom of God. Does that mean that we're going to be identifying each and every movement in in the church? No, but we recognize that they're all valid. You know that these different mo movements that have been blessed by the Vatican uh, are are still um, you know valid. But we don't have to subscribe to them, right? I mean, like not everybody's going to be a third order Franciscan. Not everybody's going to be a third order Mercedarian. Uh, not everyone is going to be a member of the Catholic Charismatic Renewal. Like that's not going to happen for every single Catholic. Um, or there's many of our brothers and sisters that love the traditional uh, Latin masses and, and, that, uh, and that whole community. And so, um, you know, having a group of people that you, uh, that are, that are like-minded with you are, are so very important. In fact, it's very scriptural. Uh, there's a, there's a line in the book of Sirach and I'll look up the quote here in a minute, but, um, but it talks about uh, find a person that you, um, are, are like-minded with, and that can feel for you when you fall. And so having those groups of people that are around you are so very important. And it's not, so it's not just yet yeah, your parish community. That's a wonderful place to start because a lot, oftentimes you can find those different groups within the parish, right? Like there's different areas of service. I mean, uh, there are people who love to do different rosary groups and maybe the parish has a rosary on uh, Tuesday night. Maybe the parish has a Eucharistic adoration. There's a Eucharistic adoration apostolate. You're really into that. And those group of people, um, the altar society and people who decorate the church for the different liturgical seasons, there is something for everybody. Um, and, and all the different types of spirituality that, that the Lord calls us to. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm glad you brought up all those different facets because there really is so much in the Catholic church, yeah. really. And I remember when my husband and I, uh, moved into our house years ago. And when we joined the parish that we used to belong to, it was a very big parish. And when I looked at the church bulletin and you see all the list of the different groups and things that you can become involved with, I was a little overwhelmed, a little overwhelmed, but I thought I'd tell a personal story about how I became involved a little bit more with fellow Catholics, because um, as outgoing as I've always been for the most part, I was a little bit shy 
about getting involved in some kind of Catholic group a long, long time ago, like when my kids were little. And maybe there's somebody listening who felt the same way that, you know, I would go to mass, but I didn't have that many sort of like like-minded friends who were similar to me uh, in my cer- same exact circumstance. At the time I was a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. and a lot of the people I knew worked because I mean, I worked and I didn't know many people who were home with their kids at the time. Um, now, Bill, I'll bring up something that you might have heard of, and I know that it's still around, but it's a way that I got introduced into Catholic community, and it's probably something more in the realm of the, the charismatic renewal uh, with, that I had been invited to go to an alpha course, and I know, Bill, you know exactly what that yeah. is, um, and what it is, is it is a 10, I think it's a 10-week course that you go to at a church where they have a video presentation or the name of the gentleman who started Alpha was named Nicky Gumbel. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was an Anglican minister in in England and he gave some beautiful talks about uh, who is the Holy Spirit, who is Jesus, why did Jesus die, all these different topics. And um, a friend of mine invited me to go to it. And I knew nothing about it. Now, of course, this was a long time ago. We're talking more than 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, I think Alpha is still around, if I'm correct about that. Yes, it um, is. But what happened was I, I went to the course and it was a weekly thing. But what I was introduced to in getting involved in this course was the idea of meeting other like-minded Catholics who were similar to me. Uh, meaning that they were mothers, not all of them were stay-at-home mothers, but they were mothers who had children. And so it was a way for me to get to know other people who were in the same circumstance as I was, and that we could grow in our faith together. So other than being involved in Sunday Mass and the sacramental life, it was a way that I could meet other people where not only did we learn together, but we grew together we prayed together. I was never uh, had knowledge, I'll say, of what charismatic prayer was. I remember the first time somebody prayed out loud in that sort of relaxed fashion. And I, I, I loved it. I loved it. I had never seen it. I had seen it on TV with some of the evangelists, but it was much different when it was in a small group of people that were just praying for whatever their needs were, praying to God, worshiping him. And, you know, it made a major, major impact, but that was kind of the beginning for me of learning what community is all about. And I was friends with a lot of the people uh, from that group for quite a while, quite a while was that not only myself, but my husband, the two of us and our kids got to know some of the children that were in that group. And so I can't recommend enough that if you ever get invited to something at your church like that some kind of fellowship, fellowship opportunity, where not only is there uh, an opportunity just to kind of talk to people casually, but prayer time. And a lot of times when it involves families, sometimes they do things for the children as well. And that was also beautiful. It really grew into something great. Uh, Now, as years went on and kids grew and people's circumstances changed, we didn't get to stay in touch with every single member of that group, but it was a wonderful introduction for me, uh, learning what community is all about. And now can I 
just continue a little bit more, Bill. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> is is that now when the pandemic happened and I was home, had gotten involved in Catholic writing and Catholic speaking, a friend of mine invited me to, lo and behold, Bill Snyder. And we started the Sewing Hope podcast a year and a half ago. I can't believe it. I know, right? But how, what I want to say is that community doesn't end with just in-person gatherings. As we all learned that during the pandemic, things like online virtual conferences, podcasts, you know, we, we like to pride ourselves with sowing hope that we're your friends. This is a community here. You can reach out to Bill and I anytime at sowinghope at patchworkheart.org and stay in touch. And that we really do hope that not only is this a podcast, but it's a community because not only have Bill and I become friends, good friends, but we have so many other friends from all the guests that we've had on the show, from all the people that we've met, and even some of the events that we've done in the past. So what do you think, Bill? Uh, you know, I really appreciate your witness, especially about Alpha, um, because, yes. because it's such a wonderful process that uh, one can find the Holy Spirit and really find God right? Like that is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. And I remember from my time, I, I was one of the facilitators for Alpha uh, in our parish and so many hearts came open to Jesus through that process. And, uh, you know, the, the ecumenical nature of that too, that uh, it's, it's available, you know, not just for Catholics, but also for Christians across the board. Uh, I remember going to a talk one time uh, with Franklin Graham, uh, a, a proud, a big Protestant minister, the son of Billy Graham. Uh, and I remember going to a talk with him and, uh, lo and behold, uh, it was at Moody Bible Institute, uh, in Chicago. And I remember this was years ago and, and walking up to the, uh, table where alpha was and, and the lady didn't know I was Catholic, you know? So, so she walks up, I walk up to the table and, and she, and she says, you know, Catholics use alpha. And I'm like, well, that's a good thing. Cause I'm a Catholic, you know? Um, and, <laughs> Um, it was, it was, um, pretty awesome to, to, to see the fruit that is born just, you know, and, and in your personal witness, um, but, but there's so much, um, that, that comes from encounters with, with the charismatic renewal or encounters with, um, you know, groups like that. So, so plug into the community. I think that's one of the biggest things that there really are no, um, sheep that should be wandering alone jesus goes and finds those sheep and what does he do he brings them back into the fold right like so so if you're not part of one of these uh groups of people if you don't have a you know um like-minded group of people that have a similar spirituality to with you um then then it really makes christianity difficult to do Right. Like, I mean, Jesus will come looking for you and drag you into one of these groups. I mean, that's that's what he does. I mean, that's what the good shepherd does. Um, he, he, he goes out and looks for people who are wandering all by themselves because Christianity and, and Catholicism is not meant for, you know, a bunch of people just to be walking alone. Um, yeah, I can do Christianity by yourself. Um, no, you can't. So, so <laughs> we, we, we need that community. Um, and I and by the way, I did find that passage I was referencing earlier. Um, and uh, it is from the 37th chapter of the book of Sirach, 
And I just love it uh, because it's exactly what we're kind of talking about here today. It's in, and it says this, it's verse 12. It says, instead, associate with a religious person who you know keeps the commandments and who is like-minded with yourself and will grieve for you if you fall. And that's the uh, NABRE translation. It continues to say, uh, then to heed your own heart's counsel for there is nothing that you can depend on more. The heart can reveal your situation better than seven sentinels on a tower. Then to all this, pray to God to make your steps firm in the true path. But, you know, associating yourself with a religious person who you know keeps the commandments, who is like-minded uh, with yourself and will grieve for you if you fall, we need that. We need that community of people. Otherwise, you know, just, you know, wandering around aimlessly isn't going to, isn't going to do it. So I, so I know, Anne, um, that, you know, through, through, you know, you're in our front, you know, you and my friendship, you know, and, and doing this podcast weekly, we, um, you know, associate with one another. We, we talk on a regular basis. Like, like, it's not just, you know, I mean, if you think we sit down once a week to do a podcast and that's it, like, that's not how this works. folks. <laughs> like we, like we couldn't do that. <laughs> we, we have to know one another, um, you know, and, and know more about one another and talk about these different issues and, and all the different things going on in the church in order to be relevant, in order to offer something to you all. And so you can join our community and be a part of what we're doing. Uh, you know, we, we have to be, you know, like-minded and on the same page and, and Ann and I are. Um, and so, you know, we, we talk about things that are difficult. We don't shy away from, you know, those, those difficult things. We pray together, like all of these things are part of a community that you need to be looking out for. Um, and, you know, good, solid community. So find one. That's what I would say find, find one. And then, and it doesn't matter which one it is, right? Like it doesn't matter if your spirituality is like alpha or charismatic. That's great. If it's more of the traditional Latin masses and it's more of the, um, you know, rosary prayer groups. Good. It's not bad, right? Like the, like the Catholic church encompasses all of this. And so feel free to dive in, you know, head first. It can be a little uncomfortable at first too, right? And like, like when you begin taking that step out, of the boat and going, Oh, I'm going to test the waters and see if this group is right for me. It, it pulls you out of your comfort zone, right? Yeah. Well said, well said, because the one thing that you said too, is that say for you, people like you and you and I, who are friends, you know, we do the podcast once a week, but yeah, right. Praying together, fellowship, friendship, it all goes together because you got to be real. You got to be authentic and, and, really close to God with other people. And especially when you're doing some kind of ministry together, it's just so important. Yeah. If I could also make a shout out to people who might be attending a parish where you just feel that you're not connected for whatever reason. Um, and it could be the pastor, the reason why you, you just don't feel that the, the pastor has good leadership or that they have great uh, outreach there, whatever. Um, I don't think it's a wrong thing not necessarily that you have to leave the church, but to go to other churches to find some kind of fellowship. Maybe there's a larger church or a church that does better outreach or prayer groups or something. It's not a wrong thing to say, you know what, I'm still going to go to the church that I'm assigned to or that I have been a member of, but maybe I go to a prayer group or do something else at a different church. You can do that. Now you might decide that you want to leave the church that you're at. And I know years ago in the Catholic church, they had like those boundary lines where they'd say, okay, you live in this town, so you have to go to this church or whatever, right? Well, 
I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that they don't do it that way anymore. Now, most people do go to the parish that's in their community, whatever. Okay. Um, and I know for myself, you know, my husband and I, after many years of prayer, we decided we wanted to be a member of a different church. Uh, it is a smaller church, but we really liked the pastor and we liked the community there. And I've been able to get a lot more active at this church compared to the church that I used to go to. And the church that I used to go to was a wonderful parish too. It had a lot of activities, um, a lot of, and a lot of people, a lot of families. But mm -hmm. for us, I just felt, we just felt that we were better off in a smaller uh, church community and we're very happy there. Um, have been able to get more involved. And, um, and I do think that sometimes with leadership, Bill, I know you understand this, that if you've had a pastor that's been at a place for a certain amount of years, and, you know, maybe he's not the type of pastor that likes to be really in touch with the people. Some pastors like to do, um, they, they like to have more of a barrier between them and the people, you know, like there's all kinds of, uh, you know, you have to go through this person and that person or whatever to talk to the pastor. And it makes a lot of sense, you know, um, but every pastor in every church has a different charism with that. So, um, so if you're not thrilled with where you are, I don't think it's a sin or a bad thing to just check out other communities, whether you join it or whether you just go to the prayer groups or take up on some of the other um, opportunities that they have available. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, especially if you're in leadership, I always used to tell this to people that are in leadership at parishes is that. You know, and, and if you work at a parish, right, and you worship at that same parish, it it is you're constantly there. You're there for your worship. And so, um, you know, I always would say at least one Sunday out of the four of you know, most Sundays they have a month and four Sundays in a month, go to a different parish and experience a different community. You will grow from that experience. And it, and it doesn't mean that you're not part of that community, like, like, like but it, but it also gives you the flavor of another um, charism in the church, another way of doing things. And you gain things, you gain perspective uh, from that. So really think about, you know, how, how that sense of community, uh, especially in your parishes, you know, and you, and you could be having an influential part in that, you know, directing and helping, um, you know, some part of it, whether you are the business manager or you are the um, you know, youth minister or the director of religious education, whatever you are, like, think about um, how God is calling you to explore how other communities operate, right? It doesn't mean that you're abandoning your, you know, <laughs> you know, your church it doesn't mean you're abandoning your job or your workplace. It just means that what you're doing is you're exploring and, and encountering the other charisms of the church and helps us grow. Right. It helps us understand. We might even be able to say, oh, I really like how that uh, pastor approached that. Or I really like how that youth minister, you know, uh, talked to the parents after church or wh whatever that is. Like you're able to take those nuggets of wisdom and allow them to become part of your ministry and part of your mission uh, and part of your community. Um, it, it helps you grow. So it, I, I, I think that kind of, you know, gives us the perspective of we don't necessarily want to be become so inwardly focused in our community that we don't reach out, right? Like, I mean, when when we start using those identifiers that I am a, you know, this, 
Catholic or I am a that Catholic, when our community starts to identify ourselves, I'm a, I'm a charismatic Catholic. I'm a, you know, traditional Latin massacre. I'm this, I'm that. Well, now we're starting to do exactly what Pope Francis doesn't want us to do. And that's, uh, you know, separate ourselves out of this larger Catholic community that, that we are all a part of. Doesn't mean that we don't have a um, spirituality that we gravitate toward. Doesn't mean that we can't participate in those things. It just means that we have to recognize that this entire body of Christ all has a role in, um, in, in the church. And so, you know, re, you know, reflect on that and say, okay, how can I push myself to, out of my comfort zone to explore, to, to see, to encounter other Catholics, other Christians that are out there, um, knowing that I will always have a home and a like-minded spirituality with these people and, and this group. Um, and so I, I just encourage people to do that. Um, it, I, I've done it myself. It's hard to do, right? Like it's hard to do when, when, you, when you feel a certain way and you have a certain spirituality. To, but, but to accept that invitation to go, to experience it, um, it makes you just understand and have a, have a deeper perspective, greater perspective of the whole uh, enterprise that really is God's salvific engine on earth, the Catholic Church. Yeah, I love how you said everything that you just said, especially the, the piece about Pope Francis and what he doesn't desire. And not that it's about, you know, Pope Francis isn't Jesus, but he is the vicar of, of all of us, right, For, of, of the Catholic Church on earth. And his idea is, and what he's trying to communicate is that what it means to be Catholic and universal is all of a coming together of all of us, okay? Doesn't mean that, you know, if you're a quote, a charismatic Catholic or a traditional Catholic or whatever you are, whatever you like, however you like to express yourself in your faith, um, but you're still a part of something much greater. And we want to be there for all the people not only that are inside the Catholic church, but the whole world, right? It's humankind. That's being Catholic means that we're serving everyone, not just people that are Catholic, right? It means that we're part of an, and it's an invitation to the whole world too, to be Catholic, to be part of our worship community. Um, and so if you're listening to this podcast and, and you're not Catholic, but you want more information about it, I just encourage you to reach out. You know, maybe there's a local parish in your area you can reach out to the parish there or even to Bill and I. I mean, Bill and I would be happy to answer any questions that you have about uh, about the Catholic Church, about being a member of the church. Um, I thought I'd pull up an article, Bill, um, that is from the Catholic Apostolate Center. And actually, I know that group, too, and the people that run are running it are they're wonderful people. The article is The Importance of Prayer and Community. It's an older article. It's from 2014. But it says that being a part of a faith community serves as a support system for us. We rarely like to be alone. Don't we all crave sharing meals and friends with friends and family? In fact, Jesus shares the source and summit of our faith with us over a community meal. Community strengthens and unites us in our faith. Our community even prays for our intentions at mass. Therefore, community prayer is another way for us to become closer to God through others, you know, no matter how you pray and, and we keep bringing up like whatever sect of the Catholic church, if you're a traditional Catholic or, you know, you even hear, hear those words, liberal and conservative Catholics too. people use those words. So wherever you are, wherever you are on that path, um, we're still all one big member of this universal church and we pray for one another. 
no matter who we are in the church. So I wonder if you had had anything to say on that, Bill. Yeah, you know, um, it's really funny, actually. It, it kind of triggered something in me that I heard last night that we, we had our confirmation program of helping our parish with our teenage confirmation program this year. And one of the leaders in the program and the other leaders, he said, you know, how many of you are baptized? And, um, <laughs> and of course, all the kids raised their hand, right? And he goes, well, good, because guess what? Uh, you're a member of the Catholic Church. It's not like you're going to be getting rid of that. You know, um, you know, this is this is um, a strengthening of your baptism. It's not it's not that you uh, get to, uh, you know, renounce or accept or, you know, whatever your baptism. That's not what this is. This is a strengthening of you know, spiritual strengthening of the gifts of your baptism. And so, you know, he goes, that ship sailed, you know, a long time ago. Once you were baptized, you were Catholic, um, you know. And so I think that that is another thing to remember that, like, we're we're all we're all part of this. All the baptized are part of this, um, you know, community. And once you're baptized, you're part of the Catholic church. It doesn't even really matter if you were baptized in a Protestant church or, you know, or a mainstream Protestant church, as we would say, uh, non-denominational Christian, as maybe some of our brothers and sisters might say, or a certain denominational Christian uh, church, you know, you're technically part of the Catholic church, um, you know? And so that one baptism makes us all part of Christ. Uh, and his and his church. So, um, you know, we we just want you to uh, recognize that the the breadth and the scope of um, this this uh, community, uh, while it has many arms and legs and fingers and you know toes and all the different ways that the Catholic Church reaches out in the body in, in its body, um, right? This this here, um, we are part of that one community. If you're baptized, you're part of it. And you might not recognize that. You might not know that. You might protest that. Uh, you might reject it for a portion of your life or the majority of your life. Doesn't matter. You're still part of it. And you're called to participate in it. However, God is calling you to participate. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I've heard priests say that a lot during homilies that, you know, first and foremost is baptism. And when you hear sometimes people that are, you know, maybe some other religion or Christ, part of Christianity that ask, you know, are you saved or whatever? Uh, and the priest answer was that, you know, as soon as you got that baptism, you were saved. Of course, it's an ongoing conversion, Right. Right. That sacramental life makes it an ongoing conversion every day of our lives. We still have to choose Christ. We still have to choose whether we want to follow him as disciples of him. And, um, and, and part of the article that I pulled up, Bill, from the Catholic Apostolate Center, the one that I just was referring to, talks about the family as well. You know, you're part, when you're part of a family, if you're living in a house where there's more than just yourself, or even if you live by yourself, but you're part of an extended family. And yeah. I will even bring up the fact that maybe you don't have family, but you have friends and people that are in your life that invite you in as part of their faith community of family. So that's what I want to address too, is that remember that that first community, especially when you do have a family at home, like I have my husband and I, and I have our two daughters that are adults, but we still pray together. And it says in this article that family prayer is the first place of our prayer education. Also mentioned in the catechism, prayers over meals, memorizing the prayers of the rosary, praying for a good grade on a test. <laughs> the list goes on. Uh, 
uh, our introduction to faith and prayer begins in the community of our home. That is why it's so important to make family prayer a priority. I think it's important to realize that when we're talking about community, like finding a community at your church or a group of like like-minded Catholics or Christians or whoever that you're praying together with, that you can also make that community your home. Um, I think it's important being a mom. I mean, even though my kids are older, we try to make it a point every day to at least pray at dinner. And we try to make it a point every night to pray as a family. Now, when you're dealing with adult kids, it's much different because they come in sometimes late at night and we don't get to pray that nine o'clock at night prayer together if somebody's out with friends or something until 11 o'clock, if that makes sense. Um, But you can pray as a family. Now, I know, Bill, you have Elvin, little Elvin. Uh, Maybe you can share with us what you've been doing. I know you do pray already with him. Yeah. um, You know, one of the things that we uh, try and do every day or I try to do with my son every day is, you know, at times we're cuddling or whatever and just snuggling on the rocking chair or on the sofa or whatever. Um, Oftentimes I just, uh, you know, say a few prayers with him. And it's very simple, like, you know, the Hail Mary, the Our Father. Uh, glory be, uh, Holy Queen, or the Memorari, or whatever you know, whatever's on my heart. We just say, we say those prayers, and then we'll just ask God for those intercessions, right? Like it, it doesn't have to be complicated stuff. I mean, you know, pray for all of our family members and everybody that we should pray for. Um, and that's what you know my parents did for me at bedtime. And so you know, if we're able to do it for him at at that time, and just you know, you know, you're never too young, you're never too old to pray. Um, you know, I think it was Saint Catherine. Sienna, uh, who said that there's no state of soul, even um, one that's, you know, in mortal sin or whatever, that um, that is like you're able to pray, even if even if you're in mortal sin, you're still able to pray. Um, Don't don't let Satan convince you of that. Like, you know, um, so whatever, whatever that is. So it doesn't really matter. Um, We always want to. teach our children to pray. And so I did it the first night he was born in the hospital, uh, sitting on a fold up cot and, um, I'll, you know, try and do it each and every day, uh, that, that he's alive, that I, that I'm able to instill that into him, um, because it's so important. And, you know, that, that family prayer creates that community, creates that bond. Um, and it, and it helps him recognize and know that God is, um, beyond, uh, or, or there's something greater than him, right? Uh, and there's something greater than than just mom and dad. And there's there's a larger group of people out there, uh, and there's a larger being out there, right? Like like when you pray, you're part of the church. When you pray, you're part of that community. When you pray, you're part of the um, nuclear family, and when you pray, you're part of the heavenly family. You're part of all of the, like, like you participate in that, like, especially at mass, we, we have all of that as part of our community. Like you just think, okay, here's church, um, church militant, right? Like the, the church fighting on earth, you know, to, to, to battle against Satan. And then we have the church suffering, of course, goes in purgatory and we have church triumphant in heaven. And so you've got all of these different you know, groups of people praying with you when you participate in prayer, when you participate in mass, when you teach your children the rosary, when all of that, like that's the entire uh, community that we are talking about. It's not just these people here on earth. It's, it's all of those people in heaven and purgatory. Um, 
and you know all that have gone before us you know the those who are victorious i mean that's what we participated that's our community and so you know being a part of that and then knowing okay i've got a group of people that i can rely on i've got that family i've got that uh alpha group i've got that bible study group that i really identify with that i know will be there for me when life is really difficult um but yeah we're part of this gigantic community and it's so much fun (laughs) yeah yeah well said well said and i love the way that you described that whole idea that you know you're not just praying with your family or your church community your bible study you're also praying with the angels the saints those who have gone before us Um, And with that said, I'll read one more part, if I could, from that article from the Catholic Apostle Center. It says that the Mass, the liturgy, is the ultimate community prayer. This is one reason why attending Mass is vital to our faith. Liturgical prayer is a public prayer following prescribed ritual intended to unite individuals with God through Christ. We are renewed each week in community prayer by attending and participating in the Mass. Um, I want to just bring up that... um, and I won't say which church this is, but a church that I know of at the beginning, they would refer to that mass. They would welcome everyone and saying that it was a community celebration. And some people didn't like that. And they said, you know, it's more than just a community celebration. This is the holy sacrifice of the mass. Now, I think they corrected it, but you can see the point is that, yes, it's kind of both really, isn't it? It's a community celebration, but it's also, yes, the holy sacrifice of the mass. And so when you go to mass, it's not just you and Jesus when you're there, Yeah. right? It is you and the whole, not only your whole community there at your church, but it's the entire worldwide Catholic church in spirit, yeah. in spirit. So Absolutely. thank you, Bill. This has been a, an awesome podcast on community. Absolutely. It has. Yeah. And, you know, uh, certainly folks go back and, you know, listen to this. And of course, all the other ones is um, in this series. And uh, yeah, this has been so much fun. And thank you, as always, for all of your uh, wisdom and insight and, and sharing uh, with our listeners, you know, a portion of your journey, too, because it's, it's so very important as we all journey together as this community toward heaven. That's right. Toward heaven is exactly what it is. We're, we're sowing hope into broken hearts. So <laughs> good job, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Anne. And uh, from all of you, uh, from all of us here uh, to all of you, thank you so very much for joining us on Sewing Hope. Until next time, from both Anne and I and everyone we work with, uh, keep beating to your Catholic hearts and sewing hope into those broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or Andy Santos 2.
Today, many students go to college with numerous questions about their faith, yearning to know if the seed planted in them as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared, fears faded, and Jesus revealed that he is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. It is the perfect back-to-school gift for recent high school graduates and current college students. Get your copy for them today at patchworkheart.org or by calling 424-704-3278. That's 424-704-3278.